1: DeGenerino, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 206, uh, this one goes out to Elias Theodoro. And on that somber note, we'll try to move forward with this ridiculous show that we put out in your ear holes every, what, twice a week? Four times a week? Four times a week. That's how often we do it. Uh, this? Oh, yeah, I would be your host It's fumbling things up already. I would be Jeff Chalks, Fox. Thanks for allowing us into your ear holes. Once again, this episode is all about the prelims of this week's upcoming UFC fight night. They're back in the UFC apex. We got UFC fight night, Sanhagen versus song, AKA UFC Vegas 60. Um, so we will be making picks for that. Just the prelims on this part. And then tomorrow we will get you the main card props, parlays, all that, all that fun stuff. Um, we should probably get cracking to it because this is a big, prelims um prelim card that we're going to be breaking down nine fights on it but of course first we're going to have to talk uh, i'm going to be forced to talk about last night's White contender series because somebody is still riding his hot streak well actually he's back to normal it's not really a hot streak this is what we expect from our gumby god and he is once again the gumby god after going five and zero last night with two underdog picks of course i'm talking about yanni no actually i'm talking about, <laughs> talk about gumby daniel reeland hello
0: yeah, it, it, I had a good feeling that it was going to be a good night because uh, as Yanni Sipix appeared on the, the screen for his opening parlay, uh, I was like, oh, I literally have the opposite of all of those. <laughs>
1: yep. um,
0: yeah, and I was like, nice. That means I did my homework appropriately. Um, And I will say it did look a little hairy there, but ultimately... Yes. The the one that looked hairy, also I like went back and listened to what I had said about it. Uh partially because we already had a clip up on our Twitter, which you can follow at SGPN Um, quick little shameless plug there. Uh I went back and listened to some of that talk and, and I said Malik Lewis is better than than Trevor Peak. I like even said it right in the podcast. I was like, he is a better fighter, he's more skilled, he has more ways to finish it. And I just don't care. I'm going to pick the, the big, tough, going to survive and land a big bomb redneck from Alabama. And boy, yep. did the redneck from Alabama look good.
1: <laughs> He's got that dog in him, as they like to say. Yeah. Um,
0: he he it, And like, I know that that phrase gets like overused, especially in MMA. Yes. But yeah. my God, does he have that dog in him. Yep.
1: As does... Um... Who's that gentleman who got his leg destroyed in the first fight, Lewis? Let's go, Lewis! Let's go, oh, Lewis! That's yeah. a dog in him as well. But uh,
0: and it, and, and that's not the first time out. we've seen him like do that too, because he got the I said before he got the snob beat out of him by Mo Miller. You can't doubt yeah. that dude's toughness. He's just like he for the game plan he devises and what he's good at, right? Like he's good at low leg kicks and he's good at throwing hooks to the body. That's not a short man's game, right? Yeah. Like, a, a short man can't win all the time when when he thrives off of, like, power leg kicks. And, and, like, he was literally beating B in his own game uh, by Daniel Marcos in that fight because Daniel Marcos was adequately good at those things and actually maybe, like, far better than I imagined and way taller.
1: Yep 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 i guess i i'm kind of under underselling uh if it's even possible what you did last night. you you didn't didn't just hit like little dogs plus 130 that, that's I, I i i say that that's that's more than a uh, little dog to me is like almost a pick them so plus 130 is pretty size well plus 170 is even better so dan really uh hit it out of the park last night people were going crazy i wasn't able to get in the disc car because tuesday night is uh my son's I got to have my son out of town uh, for his guitar, for his band. They practice till eight and then I'm not home till like eight thirty or nine. So I, I'm never live in the, in the, um, in the SGPN discord, unfortunately, but I went back and checked it and people were like, people are saying $400 a night for me. It was $400 a night if you just played dance picks from, from what we gave you. So yeah, people were, were uh, having a good time last night. And part of the fun, at least more than ha- <laughs> winning, you know where I'm going here winning money obviously is, is the biggest part of the fun, but, and the fights were fun as well. Um, they were good fights last night, but yeah, but it's it's that Yanni can be so wrong, and yet <laughs> he he brags about when he hits his one one out of eighteen or whatever he ends up hitting, uh, whatever his rate is. He he goes on Twitter and brags about it. That's the like, people have so much fun. He he better never join sportsgamblingpodcast.com/discord because he he wouldn't like it in there. <laughs>
0: That's actually the sixth prediction I got right. I actually said <laughs> in the Discord too. Watch this dude hit like a piece of his main event pick and find a way to brag about it on Twitter. And sure yep. enough, he went. So in the main event last night, he went one in one. He did pick Javid Basharat's money line, which like props to him or not Javid Basharat. Sorry, Farid Basharat. Um, yep. We're going to talk about Javid in a second. He did pick Farid Basharat's money line, which like props to him. That that was, I think, a negative 235 favorite come fight time. Um, So like that's a sizable favorite. But, it, you know, he got he was on the right side of one. But then he picked inside the distance, too. Like, he had a, a second play in there who, where he thought it wouldn't go to the, the judges' scorecards. And, of course, you know, famously, it was one of the two that went there. And so he went one and one in the main event. And, like, yep. if he put equal bets on those two, wouldn't have broken even and still found a way to brag about it. I love it.
1: It's uh, Yeah, one cool. person, like, <laughs> someone complimented him or... They might even been sarcastically complimenting him. He's like, "Yeah, I'm glad, glad there's some smarts around here. Like, yeah, yeah, there's some real smarts." <laughs> so, what's what's his record now? Do we know what his record is this season?
0: Yeah. So I, I saw it from uh, F- Fight Ghost is a, a account on Twitter that I follow. It's usually pretty trustworthy, so I, I don't I don't think they were misleading us. If you listen to the show, Fight Ghost, let me know uh, all of your research and work you've done. You can you can DM us. But at one point, going into the main event, they said he was five for his last 28. So if if he put two bets down in the main event, that puts him at, and and went one and one, that would put him at six for his last 30
1: picks. So he's six and 24 uh, out of his last 30. That's a really good hit rate. And, uh, And we know at least most of those are probably like, we know at least one of them is a pretty big favorite. Bashar well, no, was, was a pretty sizable favorite.
0: But but, but Bashar is actually probably the lesser yeah. of the one uh, compared to, because the, the week before, he, he did hit a couple in the main event the week before. Obviously, that's his, his new favorite bragging point, right? In that Petrino-Ballado fight. But he also, one of the ones he liked was the money line on Teresa Blaza last week, which was like negative 640. So, like, you know, you're winning a buck, you know, a buck 19 or something like that on a $10 bet.
1: Yeah. So he and Daniel Cormier are, are laughing a little bit of the bank, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. It was nice to finally have, uh, have, uh, Paul Felder in there. Cause despite the fact that Paul Felder still has to cue him up all the time, which seems criminal that he should do that. Um, he did find a way to, like, not kiss Yanni's ass, which was uh, much, much appreciated.
1: Yeah, that was kind of kind of the dream team last night. Uh, Laura, him and uh, Brendan Fitzgerald. That's that's, that's my preferred uh, team for for series.
0: Yeah, I could I could alternate the play by play guy like I, yeah. I I like Fitzgerald. I do like John Annick. Uh, yeah, of course. And, and I, I really like... He's too liked, important
1: for that show, though.
0: Yeah, I really like John Gooden, too. I wish there was yep. more John Gooden in yeah. my life. So, like The, pa- any of the those...
1: pandemic really screwed that guy over.
0: Yeah, any of those three would, would be a fine play-by-play. But I think you're right. Other than that, for just, like, the color pair, I think Fitzgerald and, and Sanko were my, my go-tos.
1: Yep. So, anyhow, it was good night of fights, too. Um, I ended up watching it this morning, but it was, yeah... I And then as all the picks were coming, in, I'm like, oh boy, Gumby did good. He did even better than 401. He did 5 and Um But because I am jealous and a bit, <laughs> and a bit of a dick, I will mention that you're almost you're almost uh, out of the red and into the black now, Dan. You're only down about 60 bucks now on on the uh, on the season for a Contender Series. So great job.
0: Yeah, and and really, if you just eliminate those two weeks in the middle, <laughs> it was
1: it was just well, yeah. The second week you didn't do good, but yeah, basically. So the last three weeks, we were talking 12 and two and up um, pretty about 800 bucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a, you, you
1: were in quite a hole. <laughs> you lost 500 bucks in one week. That, that kind of hurts.
0: I, I, here's a fun fact, too. I posted uh, the, the article I wrote that gave the written breakdown uh, of our podcast. Yep. And I posted it on uh, Reddit so that people, people could check it out. And I, so I post on yep. Reddit, like, I don't know, once a month. Just to get an article out that I think is pretty good. For some reason, I posted this one. I uh, felt pretty good about it, and I have like 10 followers on Reddit now, which I didn't know followers are a thing on Reddit. Do, do you know people yeah. follow follow you on yeah, Reddit? I, few,
1: I, uh, yeah, people follow me.
0: I, I, did, I didn't even know that. So, uh, <laughs> and they were all uh, they're all jazzed for next week. So uh, there you
1: go. There Pressure's go. on again,
0: though. I, I'm okay with the pressure. I just put up <laughs> a five and 0 week. I, I can yeah. I can mess up a little bit next week. <laughs>
1: All right, if you say so. All right, I, I said we have a bunch of fights to break down, but obviously we had we had fun and we had to talk about firsthand. So let's uh, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. Then we'll jump into um, like I said, we got nine fights on the prelims to break down. I'm gonna tell you about Winbat first. Thinking of joining winbat now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus the Winbet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get 100% deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks, bucks. Excuse me, 100% deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks. Wow. Plus Winbet has their own same game parlay feature. Just click on the game you like, select build your own bet and start building a monster parlay, a Hungry Man Jong style parlay. So much to choose from and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcastcom winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Disclaim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of Hunger Man John, you were so, I, I was thinking the other day, you were so close to hitting that 15 to 1 or whatever it was last week.
0: Yeah, because I had the uh, Irene Aldonic. Yeah. And, and your online ASA looked. I mean I guess he just didn't have the output. Oh was it him?
1: I was thinking it was I was I was thinking it was um what's his name? Uh, um yeah, okay, it was Lion AC so you're right. I was thinking yeah. it was Jelton. Yeah, Jelton via key, uh, TKO, TKL but no. Okay, I gotcha. But oh, that uh, that
0: one he landed hard in that fight. Yeah. He just didn't he didn't throw enough to, yep. to actually get it. So yeah. Anyhow,
1: this is the week. This is the week he's going to hit it, but not in this podcast. I, that'll be on tomorrow's. All right, I'm going to tell you about Elias Sports Bureau now. Football fans, the NFL regular season is finally here, and it's week two kicks off, and you get ready to place your bets or lock in your fantasy team. You need to check out the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB that has everything you need to get a competitive advantage. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. The Elias Sports Bureau official statisticians of u.s pro sports leagues including the nfl their app lets you access team and player stats head-to-head team comparisons and analyze key insights from the renowned research team this app really is your one-stop shop for player news and league validated player stats and team records expert game analysis for betting fantasy lineups each week and showing off your superior sports knowledge to your friends and co-workers and new features are available all the time like player injury analysis and player impact reports which can be huge when it comes to betting and fantasy tournaments the Elias Insights help me and you, if you get it, know that my game strategy is backed by numbers, not just my intuition. I'm all about making making uh, picks based on numbers. Except this, you'll see. I, I think I have a few picks here that aren't uh, coming up that aren't quite, there are more intuition than numbers. But nonetheless, here's your call to action for Elias. NFL season is here, so don't wait. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now, I have a special offer. When you subscribe, get a 14 day free trial off a monthly subscription plan, but only if you use my promo code SGPN. Find the Live Game Plan app in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN. And if you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at, at no extra charge. Over a thousand, 100 channels, I almost gave you 1,000 channels. No, you only get 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com/sgp. That's f-u-b-o-t-v.com/sgp. Okie dokie. Let's jump into this monster prelim portion of the card. UFC Fight Night: San Hagen versus Song. Like I said, UFC Vegas 60. You'll probably see. It called, at least on sportsgamingpodcast.com. My article is already up there with my picks. Dan has admitted to reading my picks. I wonder how, how many of those picks that he read about he has changed his mind on. We shall see. Uh, it's going Get down this Zero
0: st- I've changed my mind is- on, but a couple of them I was surprised about. We Yeah, we could
1: teach I, was I was too. I was too. So September 17th, this Saturday, UFC Apex, as I said. Uh, we mentioned on a previous episode that it's a pretty solid fight card um, If you're if you're in the know.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think this is. I mean, there are a lot of people who I really like on this fight card. There's yep. a couple of the matchups I'm like, eh, I, I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, in terms of like, like for one of them, I, I don't know why they're putting somebody so good against somebody who is seemingly not so good. Um, uh, oh. unless they're they're trying to build them up. But yep. uh, like you know, like the uh, dude, I'll spoil it. It's Joe Piper. Why? what the <laughs> fuck is? Why the yes. fuck is Joe Piper getting that fight? Because
1: um, Dana loves him.
0: I like him too, but like, can we can we like him and also like build reasonable hype around him, dude? Alan Amandowski, I, I should <laughs> save this, but Alan Amandowski save it for tomorrow, dude. Is one of the worst dudes in the UFC. Like,
1: there, now you don't have to listen tomorrow because you know who we're picking. Damn it, Dan.
0: Yeah. All right, we we spoiled that Joe Piper. Yeah,
1: pick. we did. All right, uh, ESPN Plus, four p.m. Eastern is the start of the prelims and we're going to start with lightweights Nicholas Mota versus Cameron van camp. As I get my spreadsheet to the right page, here we go. I'm going to tell you about van camp first. Jump man is his nickname. He's 15, six and one with one, no contest four knockouts, nine submissions. So he is a finisher. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Oh, in the UFC got knocked out. Uh, both these guys, I was going to mention up top. Very, very tough. Um, debuts in the UFC van camp had Andre Fialo, and Mota had Jim Miller. So they were really thrown in uh, in the deep end. Um, all right. So, yes, Van Camp was knocked out by Fiala, but he did outstrike him in that bout leading up to there, at least total strikes uh, before he got knocked out in the first round. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Does he have a mantle? Do you know, Dan? I, I don't know who has Have a you ever talked to him?
0: I'm actually really close to a mantle right now. Are you? Yeah. Do you
1: have any regional championships on your mantle?
0: No, I don't. I I've got some tools weirdly on the mantle yeah. instead. I do have a, a regional grappling championship. But that, that that's not the same.
1: It should be on your mantle, is yeah, it? I should, I
0: mean, it's not.
1: It should be. It should be. <laughs> uh, like Van Camp has all of his on there. Uh, he used to fight at Welchweight, Mr. Van Camp. He's five inches taller than Mota. He's got four inches reach on him. Uh, based off their, what based off his one UFC fight, he's two point six times more active landing strikes. But I've discovered that. The more active striker just uh, doesn't necessarily win uh, more often than not. I think when I was tracking the stats, it was barely about 50%, so I stopped tracking it, but I still give you that info if you are interested. Um, His strike differential this is something that that is at least 60% accurate in picking a winner. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.77 strikes per minute, so he's in the positive there. He's at plus 200. Iron Mota, 12-4 and four with eight knockouts. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once, so he's been finishing all of his losses. 0-1 in the UFC, got tko by Jim Miller, that old man strength. 1-0 um, oh on the Contender Series. 2012, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He was 1-1 one one the Ultimate Fighter. He was a CFFC champ, used to fight down at featherweight, so we have a former welterweight versus a former featherweight. here. He got outstruck by... I guess this is based off of two fights. Uh, he's a negative strike differential minus 1.77 over his contender series in his UFC fight. Grappin stats in his favor minus 205. As per usual, I will let Dan start off unless you want me to. No, I,
0: I, I'm sorry. You know uh, my uh, picks though, so. Uh Yeah, I do. Although I don't remember this one now that I think about it. But that's kind of a large dog for you. So I'm going to guess you're with me and you're pickling Nicholas Moda.
1: Yes. Um, look, it was I, tough though.
0: I actually don't think it's that tough. Uh Van Camp Vinkov's like really hittable. Um, like like he doesn't he doesn't defend strikes well, which is back to looking at, at why I picked um when I picked him to lose against Fialo. Like he just like he gets hit too much. Like if you look at how many strikes Fialo landed in that short period of time, like it was it was not even a half around fight and he got hit 19, 17 or 18 times. So that's like you know six and a half a minute at that point in time, so he just gets lit up a little bit too fast. And it's not just Fiala who did that, you know, like in his, his regional level fights, he's been hit a lot as well. So like, I don't think he's going like he, he recently lost to Bobby Volker. Do you remember Bobby yeah, Volker? I do.
1: Yeah. He, That's like, old school.
0: He like recently lost to Bobby Volker. Um, you know, he like badly got outworked by Austin Hubbard. Like, just like the guys you see on his resume are like guys who probably shouldn't be beating you if you're UFC caliber. Whereas like Moda, if he lands his hands, like he can knock anybody out. He knocked out Joe Selecki way back when. So I just think Nicholas Moda has got too much power. Van camp's too hittable. I'm going Moda here.
1: Yeah. I, I, um, dug more into it. Um, first pass through, I was thinking, Oh, maybe Moda, but then digging more, uh, sorry, maybe Van camp, but digging more into it. Um, like you said, the power, uh, Moda's got, got the power and his resume is just way better. He, he's, he's fought and beaten way uh, better people than Van has. So I will go with the chalk here. Not surprisingly, uh, moving on to Bantamweights, Tony Gravely versus Javid Basharat. The Basharat brothers are trying to make it 2-0 on the week. Is, is he the older or, brother or younger brother? Javid, uh,
0: Javid is the older Javid's brother. Older? Okay. For Fareed, the one who just won is younger yep. by, I believe, two years.
1: Okay, got it. All right, we'll tell you about Gravely first. I don't know anything about his his family or siblings. He's 23-7, and 7, 10 knockouts, three submissions. Been knocked out once, submitted five times. So there is a Achilles heel there. He's 4-2 and two in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, last one via knockout. He's 1-0 in the Contender Series. He also has multiple regional championships on his mantle. And maybe some tools, too. Uh, Used to fight at featherweight. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.88 strikes per minute. He's at plus 140. Uh, Mr. Basharat, the elder Basharat, the Snow Leopard, 12 5 knockouts, 6 submissions, 1-0 in the UFC, 1-0 Contender Series, 4 inches taller than Gravely, 4 years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor. He outstrikes his UFC and Contender Series opponents by almost 3 strikes a minute, 2.92 strikes per minute. Grappin stats are well in his favor over Gravely, minus 150. Um, I will be going with Basharat. He is uh, legit um he's got the well-rounded game high iq just jong is big on the Bashrat brothers iqs um he, he loves himself a high iq fighter but yeah Bashrat gravely has i think he's he's at least surprised me as of late i can't remember if you were picking with him or against him as well but yeah he's he's turned it on as of late but i think bashrat's just going to be too much for him so give me a javid
0: yeah i I I think Tony Gravely has impressed me with a couple of things the, namely his hands are really impressive, right? Like he, he lands big shots. Yeah. Like if you remember the Nate Manis fight that he lost, he like landed big on Manis in the first and pretty much had him out there when Manis was saved by the bell. Manis comes back and knocks him out in the second round, mostly because it looked like Gravely tired. And I think that's why I love Javid Basharat as much in this moment as I do. Cause uh, you know like, like i said gravely's two big things lands big bombs but yep. like probably tires has decent offensive grappling he's not going to out grapple javid basharat basharat's got really great takedowns and also phenomenal distance management to stay away from those big shots you know yeah. like even his little brother farid gets hit kind of once in a while with with shots he shouldn't javid is not that guy javid is very safe uh and, and very good at not getting hit and and not for anything while Tony Gravely is good offensively wrestling, he has some weakness in defense defending the takedowns. Like That's why, if you remember back to when Brett Johns beat him, dude, Brett Johns dominated him on the mats like really, really, really badly. I think Bacharach can do the same thing here, but I also think he can just pick him apart on the feet and just absolutely wear Gravely out. So, yeah, I, I think Bacharach all day here, and I think that money line needs to be way higher than it is. Like, that, that ought to be... I think that ought to be negative 220, 230, you know, quite a bit higher
1: than negative 150. Stop saying that. Quiet. Unless you've already put all your money on it, then, in which case, by all means. But, yeah, after this podcast drops, the number will certainly soar, so everybody get in on that. All right, before we move on uh, so far, both playing the chalk, Uh, I'm going to tell you about No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today Play in pick contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. So even more than that. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA MMA. Hey, that's us. And NASCAR. Set up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to 25 bucks. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You don't want to miss out on this. PromoGuy.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies and making consistent profits from sports betting. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. Their bet tracker shows an average ROI of 25%. And they got a VIP Discord group that puts an even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you're missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. Go to promoguy.us and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. Once again, there's promoguy.us. You get consistency, and consistently consistency gives you profit. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is a fast-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. The and gang use it for theirs. It's a game-changing product like anything else in the industry and now you can win on Sleeper by playing the new over-under game. They have over-unders integrated right into fantasy, the first sports game built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. For example, Patrick Mahomes is your starting fantasy quarterback, such as Gumby. And not only do you think you're going to win your fantasy matchup this week, did you win, Gumby?
0: I did, brother, yes. by, by decimal points, not even a full point.
1: Hey, Hey, that's all. A win is a win, but you... We we were also confident that Mahomes was going to hit over 250 passing yards line, which he did, correct?
0: Yeah, he big, almost doubled it damn near. <laughs> exactly.
1: If you pick correctly on things such as that, you can win anywhere from two times over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a building group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the top of a button. It's insanely fun to write it up together. Not only do they have NFL, but they also have college football player props. Stop what you're doing and download a sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 800 bucks. Promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a hundred hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's get rolling again. Women's flyweights, Maria Agapova versus Jillian Robertson. Um, first of all, I suggest everyone listen to Dan's top turtle MMA podcast where he interviews Maria Agapova this week, right off the top of the show. Um, interesting interview, I guess you could say quote unquote interesting. It's, she,
0: uh, she's, she's always a, a she's, wild time. First. She's
1: a wild time. And she, uh, she gives out, she says she has a knee injury heading into this fight. And not, not an,
0: just a knee injury, a knee injury that requires surgery. In,
1: yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And she's spending all her time being a bouncer and yeah. So, Listen to that for sure. Um, we have her listed as Demon Slayer, but uh, she said on your podcast, she's going to change your nickname, I think, right?
0: Yes. I believe she said it should now be called fucking bouncer.
1: <laughs> yes. So I don't know if the UFC will go with that, but, but perhaps we'll see. Um, anything goes in this podcast. So we, we shall say it. All right. Agapova is 10 and three, three knockouts, five submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once, two and two in the UFC. She's got win, loss, win, loss. She got subbed by Marina Moroz in a grudge match in her last fight. She was 2-0 on evicted before this, 0-1 on the, on the contender series, 2-beater on contender series. Do you remember?
0: Oh, uh, Tracy Cortez.
1: Okay, right, right, right. Yep. Uh, she got an inch of height on Robertson, 5 inches of reach, 2 years younger, striking stats in her favor, and she's almost 2 times more active landing strikes, 1.9 to be exact. She outstrikes her UFC opponents by 0. 0.19 strikes per minute, plus 125 is the number on her. Jillian Robertson, the savage, she is... A Canadian, even though I think she grew up in Florida, or at least um, her past what decades, past few decades have been in Florida at least. Uh, she is 10 and seven, one knockout, seven submissions. Did I mention she's a savage? She is a savage as well. She's been knocked out once, submitted once, so she's pretty durable. Uh, seven and five in the UFC. She's only won one of her last four, however, including losing her last fight. She's fight up at lightweight. She has missed weight in the past. Did I say she, used to, did she She never fought at lightweight. I put that she used to fight at lightweight. She used to fight at strawweight. That is more like it. She was fighting at strawweight, and she was missing weight there, so now she's at a flyweight. Um, she's 0-1 in the Contender Series. Do you know who she lost to?
0: On Contender Series?
1: Yeah, I've heard this is 0-1 Contender. Was she no, on Contender Series? You,
0: no, she was on the Ultimate fight. Tough, she, yes, 0-1 in Tough. Lost tough. To, she lost to Barb Hanchak on, on Tough. I remember there you that. Are.
1: Boy, this is some flawed data here, right? <laughs> flawed, flawed. All right. Uh, what else can I tell you? She does get outstruck in the UFC by her opponents by point three nine strikes per minute. She's at minus minus one thirty-eight. We shall go to Mr. Gumby.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Julian Robertson here.
1: Um because of the interview or not?
0: I, I'm not gonna say entirely because of the interview. I, I was up in the air like 50-50 before the interview. And and to be honest, just like the grappling defense of Maria Agapova already worried me. You know, because like I, I don't think of Marina Miraz as some kind of like wizard on the mat. In in no. fact, if you if you go back and look at Marina Marah's takedown accuracy in her career, it's 22%. Um, which is not good. No. And and she's she scored multiple takedowns on on Maria Agapova and then subbed her, uh, which is is not good. Uh that that's a really bad sign for me. So already I was kind of like, ah, I don't know. And then I remembered that Agapova had said, you know, part of it was because of a knee injury. It was hard for her to get up. And I was like, oh, well, you know, if that's better, maybe I give her a chance on the feet. But then she revealed in that interview that like the knee injury is still there. She still needs surgery. And like, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I if she's going through a training camp and could get medically cleared, you know, her knee isn't, you know, destroyed to the point of no return. But like, it's also probably at the point where she shouldn't be fighting on it. You know what I mean? And she, she, she's not going to be a hundred percent herself and up against somebody whose ground game is so much better than Marina Mraz, right? We we can all agree Jillian Robertson, not the striker Marina Mraz is, but like way, way, way better on the mat than Marina Mraz is. I just think we get to see the Jillian Robertson trademark throat cuddles here. I, I, I think she gets right to Maria uh, Agapova's back.
1: Yeah. All makes sense. Yep. You forgot the most important thing. We we fade Canadians around here, Dan. So I will be fading the Canadian. It it's rough though talk like Agapova, I guess I was gonna say her head's not in the right spot, but she's always kind of been like this. So um I'm I mean, counting on she's gonna be a way better striker than Robertson, bad knee or I, not.
0: I, I think so too. I, I definitely agree with you, but I don't know so and I've I've been back and forth on this one too. You so I, I don't think your pick is necessarily an awful one and I'm not telling people they have to use my, my interview with her is, is analysis, <laughs> but like I, the thing about her striking though, too, is I think it leads to a clinch, right? Because of the aggressive way she strikes yeah, that's and, true. And, and she can pick apart a little bit. We saw her pick apart against Sabrina Mazo. I just think like with the way that Robertson's going to move forward and the way that like, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Dean Thomas has worked a little bit more with Robertson on, on getting the takedown since her last couple of losses. So yeah, I, I'm going to say Robertson gets her down.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm just counting on the striking being way better. Um, and Robertson, like you said, she's not the greatest at getting takedowns. And Agapov is just going to be, I expect her to be bigger and stronger than her. So I am taking a stab at a dog here. We shall see how it plays out. Um, and Agapov seems pretty desperate for the money. So maybe she should be extra motivated to get the other half of her pay here, uh, the win bonus. All right, move on to the men's side. Lightweights, Trey Ogden versus Daniel Zell Huber uh ogden the samurai ghost 15 to 5 with 11 submissions do you have a background to his nickname i don't think you've ever interviewed him have you
0: i have interviewed him but it was when he was on the regional scene and i i don't think i ever saw that nickname uh because it's not on um it it wasn't on uh tapology i I think we went over this last time he fought too
1: yeah maybe maybe he's just uh become a ghost recently since you since you spoke with him because things do happen to people after they speak with you so um (laughs) All right, I said 15-5, 11 submissions, so we know his path to victory here if, if he's going to win. He's been submitted himself three times. He's only won the UFC, one and in Bellator. He's been outstruck by almost two strikes a minute in the UFC in his one fight, 1.87 strikes per minute. Grappin stats are in his favor, but we're talking small sample size here. Plus 230, Zell Huber, the golden boy, 12-0, perfect 12-0, seven knockouts, <clears> has <throat> at least my voice, seven knockouts, two submissions, 1-0 in the contender series, was a regional champ, used to fight up at Walter Reed. 2 inches height, 5 inches reach, 10 years younger than Ogden. Strikes and stats in his favor, and he's 2.5 times more active landing strikes, but all this is based off of one fight for each man. He outstrikes his contender series opponent by 1.27 strikes per minute, minus 250. I will be going with Zell Huber. Um, 10 years is massive. <laughs> age gap, 5 inches reach, massive age gap. Um, and he's a really good fighter, and he just beat a undefeated prospect on Contender Series. So I, I think he has what it takes to get by the samurai ghost here.
0: Yeah, and, and they didn't seem completely sold on Zell Hoover on Contender Series after he beat Lucas Almeida. Yeah. And then they also signed Lucas Almeida, who you might remember, uh, I think we cashed as like a uh plus two hundred underdog and like a plus three hundred prop for him to knock out Mike Trezano. Um yeah. It just, just uh, you know, uh, I think it was a couple months ago at this point in time. So like, Lucas Almeida is a huge feather in his cap. I'll also say yeah. this: you, you you mentioned the the struggles with the submission defense for Trey Ogden, with three submission losses. Two of them are to the same guy. It's Thomas Gifford, who was one of the worst guys the UFC had signed in a while. You might remember him as the guy who Mike Davis beat within an inch of his life, um, in in one of the worst uh, referee issues of all time or worst late stoppages. And here's the thing, Zell has sneaky good submissions. Like, I I know, like, his striking is what people will remember in his takedowns, you know, like, mix in there and he can use some grounding pound. And people don't typically think about his reactive submission skills, but he's really got them there. Wouldn't surprise me if he wound up, like, sneaking one on Trey Ogden on a sloppy shot. But, like, the bottom line is if this stays on the feet, he is just going to batter Trey Ogden. Trey Ogden got outstruck by Jordan Levin. Like, what more do you need me to say?
1: Yep. You don't need to say anything else, Dan. We we will move on. Women's weights, we'll move to. Denise Gomes versus Luma me, which is just one of her many names. So that's the professional name that she's going by now. Um, We will go with Gomes first, six and one, four knockouts. She's been knocked out once. She was 1-0 in the contender series. That was back. She fought August the 22nd. So she's taking this on short notice, and it is her UFC debut. So those words don't go well together, short notice debut. They don't go well together very often. And when they do go well together, the fighter tends to become uh, a legend. Like um, I'm already forgetting names. Terrence McKinney, for instance. Um, all right, one no one Invicta up for Gomes. She's won six straight fights. She's done some pro grappling as well. She's an inch taller than look boon me, but most people are taller than look boon me. She's got two inches reach on her, three years younger. She's 1.6 times more active landing strikes based off of the one fight in her contender series fight which dan picked against her in uh she outstruck her opponent by 3.2 strikes per minute she said plus 225 looked moon me six and three with one knockout and sorry six and three with one knockout that's only finish she has she's been submitted one time three and two in the ufc she's won two of her last three but she did lose her last fight she was one and no victor as well she also was a regional champ used to fight down at adam weight probably would be the best weight class for her now as well we haven't we haven't uh, banged the atomweight drum for a while, but we think the UFC should get an atomweight division. So anyhow, there, it's out there again. She also has done some pro grappling. She's got oh sorry, she hasn't done grappling. She has grappling stats in her favor though. Um she outstrikes her UFC opponents by 1.6 strikes per minute. Uh she was a professional Muay Thai, kickboxer, all that, all that good stuff in the past. Minus 225 is the number on her, and I believe it's over to you.
0: Uh yeah I I don't love the number on Lomeluk Bume here but I'm gonna no. pick her anyway I, I don't like the short notice on Gomes I don't no. think she looked all that good against Ray and Amanda um and, and yeah hi, end sorry hi, end Amanda <laughs> of course <laughs> how silly of me um,
1: how silly I I
0: uh, I don't think she looked very good against her in fact like if I'm remembering correctly a couple of us in the the Discord had scored the second round for Amanda um you know so like. I don't think Gomes is all that good. I am a little bit worried that she's gonna wind up wrestling Loma Boume too much. Um, but Luke has shown good takedown defense, right? And she's got good work from the clinch. So yeah, I'm gonna wind up siding with Luke Boume here, but uh definitely not a recommended play for me at that number.
1: Yeah, I I never go with the short notice. Uh we're- uh, debutant, unless they're obviously really uh, outclassing their opponent on paper, and that's not the case here at all. Um, Dan didn't even pick Gomes to win on Contender Series. So how good can she be, really be? So, um, Yeah, I, I like me. She's pretty good talented striker. Um, won two of her last three, so that's Ride With Her. All right, I'm going to tell you the last two people, uh, last two organizations that we're riding with here, and then we'll get you the rest of our picks for the prelims. Run Your Pool. Introducing RYP VIP, a brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool that helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Entry to our exclusive week one and week two pools with guaranteed 5,000 payouts, as well as our season long pool with a guaranteed $100,000 payout. Get access to exclusive data to help with your weekly game picks, premium content like in -depth, depth guides for how to dominate your pool and exclusive swag. We all love exclusive swag. The top line here is that if you're a serious sports fan, use code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com/vip and get 50% off of your first month of Run Your Pool VIP. That's code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com/vip. And finally, Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader, you may ask if you're not in the know. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sportsbooks. You also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game, game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets okay what shall we move on to now let's move on to another women's fight that they're loading this one up with uh female fighters which is always fun um at least have three of them on it this is women's women's bantamweight aspen lad versus sarah mcmahon is penciled in very light pencil right that this yeah, match is gonna the, happen
0: the lightest of pencils <laughs> and, and actually pencil pencil in the the weight class too while you're true
1: out. maybe invisible ink it may end up uh being we shall see um let's tell you about sarah mcmahon first 13 and 6, one knockout, five submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted four times. Seven and 6 in the UFC. She's got a win, loss, win over her last three fights. She did win her last fight. She also has 1 0 in Invicta. We got a 1 0 in Invicta streak. There's three straight fighters here. 2011, she's been a pro MMA fighter since. Before that, oh, she was just an Olympic silver medalist in in uh, wrestling. She also is a grappling champion. She outstrikes her UFC opponents by 0.34 strikes per minute, plus 123, the number on her. Aspen Ladd. Nine and three, six knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out once. Four and three in the UFC. However, she's lost two straight. Only won one of her last four. Used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at flyweight. Can't imagine her at flyweight now. Um, she's missed weight multiple times, and not just missed weight, didn't make it to the scale sometimes and didn't make it to fight sometimes. It's been interesting. Uh, she was 5-0 and in Evicta. She's 15 years younger than McMahon. Is this the biggest age gap we've had? I think it may be. In a long time, at least. 15 is huge. Um Striking stats in her favor, and she's 1.7 times more active landing strikes. However, she's been outstruck in her fights by her opponents by 0.87 strikes per minute, minus 125 the number here. Jeff, surprise, surprise, is going a dog here, a styrofoam man. I just, I can't trust Aspen Lad anymore. Um, not just with the weight cutting, obviously, is the one hurdle of whether she'll make weight, um, what she'll look like uh, after she makes weight, that type of thing. Um, and then she's just the disinterest in the cage the past few fights like she's just seems lost in there i i can't she's
0: got she's got no intent yeah that, that, that's the answer is like she, yeah. she doesn't seem she, she almost has the sgp johnny walker before last performance kind of feel to him in the cage where she's just like I, I think i'm winning everything and i don't care to like put a stamp on and, and yeah. for that exact reason i'm also going with sarah mcmahon here so. there you go
1: yeah. and mcmahon's going to be uh Aspen kind of likes to you know be the strong stronger fighter be physical in there and that's not going to happen with with uh, McMahon. she's not going to bully her around
0: Yeah and I would say this too like if we if we're looking back at recent fights for like good examples of what they look like Aspen Ladd hasn't looked good in 3 years like legitimately hasn't looked good in 3 years you'd have to find the Yana Kunitskaya fight in December of 2019 to find a fight where like you were like oh she had some good moments in there like she didn't have any good moments in the Norma Dumont fight. She didn't have any good moments in the Raquel Pennington fight. And granted are, are Norma Dumont and Raquel Pennington better than Sarah McMahon Pro- probably, but like not by like, you know, large degrees, right? Like Sarah McMahon's right there in the conversation. And I'd say this Sarah McMahon looked phenomenal against Carol Rosa Um, in, in her grappling.
1: And,
0: oh, sorry. Carol Rosa. <laughs> You're in with those hard R's today, so well done. Um, but but yes, all of her last few fights, her grappling is held up, right? Four takedowns against Carol Rosa, three against Juliana Pena, who she like largely controlled on the mat before slipping up late in that fight. Three against Lena Landsberg, like she she's gotten her grappling going in every one of her recent fights. I don't really have a reason to think she won't here.
1: Yep, this is a very good dog. So let's let's everyone get in on this. It's too bad. Ask you know. Well, we had high hopes for her, Dan, but maybe she's one of those fighters that got in so young that they burn out very quickly. Which
0: maybe tends to maybe happen. she'll maybe she'll also pull a Johnny Walker and we'll look like idiots.
1: Yeah, it's true. Ugh. she has to change, change the fight camps first, though, for that to happen. So all right, two more fights left. Walter Waits, Trevin Giles versus Lewis costs K. Koskade, the monster. He's 7-1, and one, five knockouts, two submissions, so he's finished all of his opponents, and he's been finishing his one loss. He got knocked out in that fight. 0-1 in the UFC, that was the fight he got knocked out. He's not fought since November of 2020. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's three years younger than Giles. He's almost three times more active landed Strikes, 2.7 to be exact. He has been outstruck, though, over his two fights in the Octagon and Contender Series one by 1.08 strikes per minute. He's at plus 182. <laughs> Trevin, the problem, Giles, 14 and 4, six knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. So he's been finished in all of his losses. He's five and four in the UFC. He's been finished in his last two fights via knockout or TKO. Used to fight at middleweight, used to fight at light heavyweight. Three inches height, three inches of reach on Koske. Striking stats in his favor. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.89 strikes per minute. Grappling stats as well are in his favor. He's at minus 200. Go ahead.
0: I'm going to go dog here uh, for a second time in a row. Really? Louis Koska. Yeah. Uh, look, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, th- and and perhaps the biggest one here, I-, I really think Trevin Giles has an issue with getting knocked out. Um, and, That's and the think, problem. Yeah. It, like, And don't get me wrong. The last two guys who have knocked him out are beasts. Like, he got knocked out by Drykas Duplicis and Michael Morales, uh, who yeah. are, are, are just, you know, phenomenal. But, like, Roman Delizze hit him hard enough to, like, kind of wobble him. Um, he got hit hard by James Krause. And, you know, like, the other thing, too, is he's shown he's kind of susceptible to, like, dealing with wrestlers. Like, James Krause took him down. Uh, you know, like, Roman Delizze got him down one. Strike is two places, took him down a couple of times. And Luis Kosuke is a good wrestler. And then the other thing I will say, too, about Kosuke is he hits really freaking hard. Like I I know if you look back, his, his lone fight in the UFC is a loss to Sasha Platnikoff, who isn't even in the UFC anymore. But if you remember that fight too, he pretty much didn't win it because he tagged Platnikoff like 45 seconds into the fight, gassed himself entirely out in that first round, not getting the win. And then at the end of the day, like Platnikoff just like kind of took over. So like, you can, you know, sort of give the win there to Palatina Kau's durability because Kosuke, I mean, he knocked out Victor Reina on the contender series. I, I don't think Trevin Giles takes the big punch here. And even if he does, I, I think Kosuke can wind up like tiring him out by controlling him and working the wrestling. So yeah, I, I'm going to go Kosuke here. I think it's a sleeper underdog pick on this card.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going with Giles, bigger, better striker. And Koski has been out of the cage for too long. So that's what I'm going against. But Dan just gave you very compelling reasons why he's going with the dog. So there you go. And finally, very nice matchup here uh, to main event, the prelims, Damon Jackson versus Pat Sabatini at featherweight. Um, let me see here. Actually, oh, okay, that that fight's been moved. So we only have, all right, I thought I thought we had uh, nine fights when only have eight. So Damon Jackson, Pat Sabatini will be the final fight. That will break it down. Let's get into it. We'll tell you about the leech. Damon Jackson first, 21-4-1 one with one no contest. He's been knocked out three times. Uh, sorry, he's knocked out three people, submitted 15. Uh, he's been knocked out three times, submitted once. So all of his losses have come via finish. 4-2-1 one with one no contest in the UFC over two. Stance, however, his since being rehired, he's been four. He's gone 4-1, including three straight wins. He was 0-1 on, in PFL, 1-0 in Bellator. He was the legacy champ. For all of this, he used to fight at lightweight. 2012, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. Three inches height, one inch of reach on Sabatini. He's one and a half times more active landing strikes. However, he's been outstruck by his UFC opponents by 0.31 strikes per minute. Plus 135, the number on him. Pat Sabatini, seven and, 17 and 3. Two knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out once. He's 4 and 0 in the UFC. Uh, he also was a CFFC champ twice. Uh, he's won six straight fights. He's two years younger than Jackson. Striking stats in his favor. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by .39 strikes per minute. Grappling stats as well in his favor. He's at minus 180. Um, as I wrote, uh, Jackson, it's hard to go against Jackson the way he's been rolling recently. Um, but I think this is the step up too high, too much, um, too far past Sabatini. Probably just a bit too a bit too too good for him. Um, strong grappler like Jackson, so he should be able to keep himself safe from Jackson's submission game. And I think he's a better striker of the two men. So give me chalk here.
0: Yeah, I I'm I agree with your breakdown there. Is that like I I won't say that I think that uh Pat Savatini is good enough here to grapple with Damon Jackson. Like I don't think he's gonna get the takedowns at all. To anybody who's like, oh, you know, he's a Daniel Gracie guy. Daniel Gracie guys get their takedowns. He actually has struggled a little bit with takedowns, like surprisingly. Like the Tristan Connolly fight sticks out. Tristan Connolly, you know, sort of stuffed everything he had. But at the end of the day, like Sabatini has big punches. You know, like Sabatini can has a great work rate. Um, You know, he, he hasn't knocked anybody out in the UFC, but he, he knocked people out back in, in CFFC and, you know – it's mostly submissions for him, including one of Tony Gravely. But like at the end of the day, I think he's going to outpoint Damon Jackson, a guy who like didn't look amazing on the feet against Charles Rosa, which is, you know, like a guy you should be able to exploit on the feet. So yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take Sabatini here all day.
1: Of course. Daniel Gracie all all day long. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean all day long, although I will say this one's (laughs) probably not a recommended play for me just because like, you're going to see the best part of Pat Sabatini probably neutralized. And that yeah. for me means I don't want to play him at negative 200 and something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Jackson's been surprising us for a long time um, since he's returned. So, all right. So that is the prelims because uh, the Hernandez versus a burial fight I see has been moved up to the main card. So you got eight fights here. Um, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow with another six to make this complete. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, i'm jeff fox writer he's gumby vreeland and the show account is at sgpn mma uh, as i mentioned make sure you listen to the top turtle mma podcast you should listen to every episode like i do but definitely listen to this week to hear uh, maria agapova um very interesting interview to say the least um and read all their stuff sports my picks or articles are already up there now i'll have my uh, maybe by the time you're hearing, um, actually, tomorrow's podcast, uh, Thursday, we'll, I'll be putting up my um, DFS slash DraftKings picks. So that will be up maybe by the time you hear tomorrow's podcast. Um, and if you want to play in a pick contest and read some more of my MMA stuff, it's moneymma.substack.com. I believe that is it. I'm going to let Dan take us home, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Go ahead.
0: I'm David Copeland he's the fucking bouncer Jeff Fox <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you tomorrow